0: This is the podcast "Going Beyond Salvation," and I'm your host, Jess Robinson. And this is the Psalms and Proverbs portion of a po- of our podcast, and you know it's we're slowly getting through Psalms, and it's going to take the rest of the year to get through Psalms and through Proverbs as we break it up, but uh, we'll get through it in the end. And so we're going to start. Uh, t- discussing today, and we had kind of, I, I had just said, you know, just to, to start reading through Psalm 89, and we finished through Psalm 89, and it's a really long uh, psalm. It's, uh, you know, attributed to Ethan, the Ezra Hype, and at the time, uh, this this psalm is written it's a it's a prayer dealing with Jerusalem's destruction so like many people think that the Psalms all the Psalms are just written by David and that's that's not true uh, some are are David some are Moses some are King Solomon uh, his own son David's son some are actually uh, attributed to different people and some are actually attributed to after, uh, the destruction of Jerusalem and when they come back from captivity. And so, this is a prayer dealing with Jer- Jerusalem's destruction and the fallen dynasty of David. And, you know, with God's promise that David's line would continue forever, we see that the author of the psalm questions whether God has failed to keep his pledge. He prays that God would restore his people and David's throne and remove his wrath from Israel. What the Psalmist did not know was that even though God had punished Israel for her sins, he would keep his promise through Jesus Christ, who was from the line of David and whose kingdom will never end, which is true. It's been fulfilled and through Jesus Christ, you know, he was through the, the line of David As we saw in our own daily reading in the the New Testament, he was from that line and, um, you know, God was faithful. And we see that even too with uh, in the Old Testament when they came back from the Babylon captivity. And we're going to see that with Esther and and all through, you know, we just continue to see God's faithfulness and preserving the, the line of David to bring the Messiah and bring salvation to everyone, not just Jerusalem and, and not just to the Israelites, but it was for everyone. You know, this, this whole Bible, what's so great about it is it's, you know, the bigger picture is, you know, there's all these stories like, like you look in the old Testament, it's leading up. It's a God who is faithful that is trying to To bring a savior, and he does. He successfully brings, you know, Jesus at the right moment in that right time to be the ultimate sacrifice, so that our sins can be atoned for. You know, we can rejoice that, um, that we have salvation. We can rejoice in that. I mean, when we look at today, you know, it's so easy to just focus on the negative. You know, I was reading in my day my own personal daily reading and i was we're we're going through the armor of god uh, bible study with priscilla schreier and i was finishing up my my weekly homework and she took took us back to to the garden of eden you know we have to put on this belt you know gird ourselves with truth and she you know has a study That, you know, what God had said to Adam and Eve, you know, they had all this garden, you know, God had blessed them and Satan made them focused on the one thing they could not have. And that is like his key thing is, you know, we tend to look at the negativity, you know, with especially, you know, the news and so much negativity going on that we tend to forget how God has blessed us and that, you know, we have Jesus and you know, the Lord was just reminding me today that no matter what's going on, he is still on the throne. He has not changed, you know, the circumstances here had, you know, hasn't changed him, you know, and we just have to keep drawing near to his promises and believing in him. And it's sometimes hard because you see what is going on today and you're going, okay, God, have you forgotten us? Have you? you've forgotten your promises and no he hasn't he wants us to draw near and i i feel like he's going to to move you know fairly soon and so that's what uh really stood out to me with this psalm is just yeah we're going kind of through a similar time where we could be wondering god you know are are you forgetting us are you forgetting your promises and no god hasn't forgotten his promises he's not forgotten us and he's much closer than than we think, and so uh, that that was you know Psalm eighty nine. We get into Psalm ninety, and Psalm ninety is this is a a Psalm of Moses, a prayer of Moses. Uh, it's believed that this this Psalm was probably written during the forty years that God made. Israel wander in the desert as punishment for their unfaithfulness. Uh, a generation, and you look at that as well, you know, a, you know there was, you know, it's, it's thought about two million left Egypt. And how many actually got into the promised land? Two, <laughs> just two, Caleb and Joshua. And so... You know, during this time, you know Israelites were dying during this time. You know, after acknowledging their iniquities and God's punishment, Moses prays for the restoration of God's favor and blessing. And uh, there's verse two where he's he's talking about from everlasting to everlasting. It's referring to God's eternal existence, uh, having neither beginning nor end, you know, everlasting uh does not necessarily mean that God transcends time, but uh rather, you know, it's his endless duration in time. You know, he you know, hit Bible passages affirm God's eternity, you know, when it's affirming God's eternity, do so in terms of continuation, not timelessness. So God knows the past as the past, he knows the present as the present and the future as the future. And so you know, we look at this and then and then Psalm or Psalm 90 verse 12, he there's a prayer of of teaching teach us to number our days aright. And when you think about it, every day you know, I just I tell you know, my youth group kids that every day you know, we're getting closer every day that goes by, you know, we're closer to, to Jesus coming back. And because of that, every day, we have to make that choice of, of every day to worship God, to choose to worship him, and that our lives should be an act of worship. Our lives should be living in, you know, light of, of God's truth in his word. You know, and because our life, you know, generally is about seventy to eighty years old, there are people that get past that. Uh, you know, I know one of particular that is going to be turning ninety. You know, next month, and uh, it's just interesting to see that, and and but that's few compared to what you know to eternity, and. You know, we need to pray for, for an understanding of the brevity of our lives. So as to present to God, a heart of wisdom and how we use each day he gives us, you know, the enemy wants us to be so distracted, so focused on our Facebook, so focused on politics, so focused on, um, COVID-19. I feel like COVID-19 is just a huge distraction from, from what God wants us to do. You know, I think it was a big attack of the enemy to try to keep the the gospel from spreading. I feel like there's a big move of God coming. You know, I believe revival is coming and the enemy is just doing what he can can to try to buy time that he doesn't have. And that's the thing that a truth that we can stand on is Satan doesn't have time. You know, he he's running out of time. And he's going to do what he can to keep us so distracted that we're not focused on what God needs us to do. And so we have to have that mindset of every day, you know, looking instead of putting the blinders on, you know, choosing to kind of look around when you're in the grocery store to look for those divine opportunities to be friendly. You know, I, I've really started being more friendlier to the cashiers and all of that as I'm standing in line for my groceries and stuff, because you never know what God's going to do. And just being that way, you know, and it actually, I was reading a book and it really convicted my heart because there was, I was reading a book and it's, we're going to go through that in our youth group. It's, you know, it goes over the word, you know, and, and the Holy Spirit. And it really, it's a really good book for youth groups. And, um, essentially the author was talking about how he went on, or when he went to school, he went to a Christian school, but when he was going to school on the way there, he rode one bus and it was with Both kids that went to public school and kids that went to the Christian school. And then when it hit this, this place, he would get off this bus and then get on with just the kids that were going to his Christian school. And he would always, he said he'd always put on, you know, like when he was on the Christian school bus, he was, you know, talking with his friends, but then when he get on the other bus with the other kids that went to public school that probably didn't know anything about Jesus he was putting on his headphones so he could listen to his christian music and and he wrote you know how how many opportunities did he lose by just sitting there on on the bus and not focusing on what he should actually be focusing on and I feel like as believers I think we tend to do the same thing even in our own jobs we kind of just go off into our own corner and I was convicted about that because it was like well I just usually stay for lunch and then I get on the gazelle for about 30 minutes so I'm moving and then I go back to work and the Lord was just kind of convicting me going no you need to go outside I told you you needed to go outside to walk not stay inside you know and And so it was like, okay, you know, so that's just kind of the thing about, you know, we need to really focus on finding the divine opportunities God has for us to reach people, especially in these last days. So that's what really stood out to me with, with Psalm 90 psalm 91 this is such a wonderful psalm and probably a lot of people especially when COVID 19 started coming that this was a a prayer that was being a psalm that was being prayed upon and it's a you know a good psalm to pray it is a good psalm to pray during this time because you know you know we're to pray god's word and this this psalm you know it's it's expressing our security you know for us that truly trust the lord you know it assures us that god will be our refuge and that we may seek his protection in times of spiritual and physical danger we can pray this psalm we can pray this psalm when you know there's threats of plagues when there's threat of physical danger when there's threat of spiritual danger this is a psalm to turn to to pray and it's just it's so amazing to to declare this psalm you know and people go well you know you're one of those name and claim it people i there's certain things with the name and claim it that i don't agree with but there's a lot of truth behind some of the name and claim it deal and, and it's, yeah, we're supposed to pray this word, you know, this is inspired by, by the Holy spirit. So if we're praying this, we're praying God's will here. And so, you know, this is just a, an, a wonderful Psalm that I just love to, to read continually all the time. And so then we get, and into Psalm 92. Uh, Psalm 92, I just kind of want to point out, you know, about it's good to praise the Lord. It is true. It's good to praise the Lord. You know, we're kind of getting to the time, you know, we're getting closer to, to November, which is Thanksgiving, a time to be thankful. And I think Thanksgiving should be more than just Thanksgiving. it, you know being thankful more than just that month every month we should be thankful we should be praising the lord you know just like i was saying early or earlier we can think of the negative things that we don't have we get so f- focused on the things that we can't have or that we don't have oh we lose thought of how god has blessed us you know and it was so great about having even a prayer journal Because when you have a prayer journal, and and I write in there, when God has answered prayers, when God has moved in such a way that you can sit there and look back at these prayer journals and go, wow, God moved on this day. You know, I, I needed him so bad and he spoke to me. It just reminds you, you know, how great our God is. And so, this is just something that we need to do. We need to praise the Lord. It's Sometimes we just treat the Lord just like as he's a candy machine and give me and then take off. And no, we need to be continually praising him over and over. And that's just what I wanted to point out in Psalms today. And so we're going to take a quick break and then talk about Proverbs. So we're continuing on in Proverbs and uh, we're in verse seven. I'm going to start right off on verse seven. It says the righteous man leads a blameless life. Blessed are his children after him. And I've talked about this in, in several other podcasts about focusing on our legacy because it's not just, and even like the past podcast with Nehemiah, it's not just us, you know, there's a lot at stake, you know, there's our future generations that You know, if we're not living the way that the Lord wants us to live, when we're choosing to live the way of the world, we're, we're setting poor examples for our future generations. And, you know, I'm dealing with, you know, generations right now that a generation right now where their family, they chose to forsake living the way that God wanted them to live. And now these kids, they're, and you know, they've let the world teach them about, you know, this is how you should live. And so then they're hearing what we're saying. They're going, what? And so like tonight, you know, at youth group, we're going to be showing the case for Christ because so many of these kids ask, and it's, there's nothing wrong with them asking this. What, how can I know that the Bible is true? You know, how can I know historically or what happened to Jesus? You know, there's nothing wrong, you know. And I think a lot of kids um, over the years, they have had adults that who were Christians that kind of just said, you shouldn't be asking questions like that. And I I told these kids, no, feel free to ask that question to say, how do we know the Bible's true? How do we know historically that it lines up you know and and then they asked the question why are the gospels so different and so we're going to watch case for christ tonight you know about lee strobel's journey you know from atheism to being a christian you know and you know his his journey to prove his you know the res- resurrection is you know this debauchery but essentially he ended up becoming a Christian that way and you know it's leading into a series you know as I was saying you know we're going to talk about you know that the word is truth and you know how we know it's truth and and talking about as well why you know it's not it's more than just rules you know and that you know as like even Priscilla Schreier was talking about that you know pointing to what Jesus says you know You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And when we gird ourselves with truth, you know, it seems like it's restricting, but restricting, restricting means freedom and it's not legalism restricting. It's, you know, we're, we're living the life that in the freedom that Christ has given us, you know, and letting that just work through us. And so we're going to be talking about that. And I think as believers we need to continue to work on that living our life because it's not and it's not just you know the younger generation that's watching us i believe there's more people watching us these days there's unbelievers that are watching us to see how we live our life then we get to verse 20 i'm really jumping through a lot of what we we're going to discuss uh just you know with verse 20 It really kind of stood out. If a man curses his father or mother, his lamp will be snuffed out in pitch darkness. And it's really hard because these days, you know, and I know that there are, you know, young people these days. um, And even people that they struggle, you know, they had, you know, and and parents are, they're human. And I know of, of people that struggle with having parents that, you know, they were abusive They, you know, they weren't living up to the standard that, that God wanted them to live as, as a parent. And it's really hard. And, you know, know, and I've known people personally that they've had to deal with that in their, in their heart about forgiving their, their parent that hurt them. And, and even then there's this trust issue just because there, that offense was so strong and rooted deep. And so, but I, I tell our youth group kids that still don't curse your father or mother, even if they're not human, you know, it's about giving them over to Christ because they're not, you know, they're, they're it's not condoning their behavior, you know, and I tell them if you're in an abusive situation, even if it's sexual abuse, you need to come forward because they need help and they need to, you know, face their actions that they're doing. It's against the law. You know, we still live in a society that, Has laws and stuff, and I told him, you know, you need to do this kind of stuff that that is happening, you need to come forward that this is happening because it's going to get worse if you don't, you know, come out with it. However, don't let it bury deep inside of you because that is how you know bitterness comes on, and so. You know, and just to learn to to forgive, but also to, in a way, just to be able to, and I told, you know, the kids, when you forgive someone, because, and that was one of those things about God's truth in my own life was I had to learn to for, forgive somebody who had hurt me so bad. And I just sat there and I'm like, I, you know, there was this wall up and God one day spoke to me and he said, I've forgiven you you know, on the cross, you have to do the same thing to this person. And it means, you know, forgiving them, laying it down and not bringing it back up. And so it was one of those things. And I said, you know, to the kids is forgiving them and letting God deal with them now. And, but, you know, not every kid is in a bad home situation you know and i just tell them still respect your mother and father even if they're not believers you know they're but you know there's people that are not believers that are still you know they're they're normal people that they're not being abusive they're loving to their kids and i i've seen that you know with our own youth group there's just parents that they're not abusive nothing you know, they just don't go to church. They're not believers and it's, you know, still love them, be Christ-like towards them, respect them. It's going to speak to them and it'll be a testimony to them, especially as you grow in your faith, they're going to sit there and go and, and wonder and be in such awe of how you are and how you've grown. And I like, it's, it's a way of testimony. So you know, and and I've seen you know several parents have actually you know, and even in my own testimony, you know, it I was saved at eighteen, and I walked into you know our our church that we go to now, and, you know, Pastor Mike, you know, our pastor was determined to love on me, and then all of a sudden I brought my mom to church, and then. You know, my dad and my brother were fighting against it, but they were seeing that there was such a change in our lives, you know, how we were. And finally they said, okay, we'll go this one time and that's just it. And they've been there for 10 years. <laughs> so I tell you know, my kids don't give up if your parents are not believers. And if they are, I just said, you know, listen to them, respect them, you know, and, you know, grow in your faith with them. So, that's what really stood out to me on that one. And finally, you know, I just wanted to close with verse 27. It says, the lamp of the Lord searches the spirit of a man. It searches out his inmost being. Sometimes we, we, and we see it with David, King David, that he hid his, you know, sin, tried to hide his sin with Bathsheba. And it's, You can hide things from people, but you can't hide things from God. And because he knows your heart and he searches us. And, you know, it's, it reminds me what David says, you know, search me and know me, O Lord, you know, it's, and that's the thing is for God to ask, you know, I think we need to have that attitude of for God to search us and to know us and to know what's in our heart. And then to speak to our hearts when and convict us when we're not, uh, walking in his ways. I mean, that's, what's so great about him is, you know, if he didn't care, if he didn't love us, he wouldn't tell us what's, what's, what's the problem, you know, where we essentially can come to him as, as the father and, you know, in, and be, you know, and, and reconciled to him, and he changes us, and it's not like everything gets changed at once, you know, he's a patient God, and he he works on us little by little, and so that's what really stood out to me, and so for the next time that we do Psalms and Proverbs, uh, we're going to discuss Psalm 93, uh, 94, 95, and, and 96, and then we're going to through verse 13 and then we're gonna go through uh proverbs the rest of proverbs 20 uh and which is you know verse 28 through 30 then we're gonna discuss part of proverbs 21 you know starting at 1 and going through verse 18 so have a great day